0: I think it's um, a very rewarding career, it's sort of a a dream job, you know, because uh, we have the opportunity to do uh, the thing that we really want to study.
1: Hello and welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science from the European Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research. Thanks very much for joining us. To mark the first anniversary of these podcasts, (laughs) yes, 23rd of March 2022 was the first. Today we're stepping a little sideways from our key topics of open science and invasive alien species to examine what it's like to be an early career researcher a look at the human side of the business, if you like. I'm Julian Kenney, Communication Officer. Now, after a couple of decades of being viewed skeptically by some, science is now again proving its worth in decision-making worldwide. And our guests today argue that it also represents an attractive career, Cristiano Tamborino works with CNR, the Italian National Research Council in Bari. And Daniel Crespo is from the Center for Environmental and Marine Studies and the Department of Biology at the University of Alvero. Good morning to you both, LifeWatch Italy and LifeWatch Portugal together. How are you today?
0: Hi, fine. Hi. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for joining us. I'm fine.
1: Thank you. Good man. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind, I have to ask, do you need a PhD to be a scientist?
2: Uh, very interesting question. You can do uh, research and you can become a scientist also with a master's degree. But uh, from my point of view, it's very important to have a PhD because it's a fundamental period in which uh, you have the opportunity to learn about scientific method, and you will acquire many soft skills that are fundamental in many areas of work. So yes, I think uh, that uh, you have need to have a PhD to become a scientist. It's a sort of gym for uh, research, I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Essential training. Um... Okay, so you need the years of, of research to really get in. What what's the pay like, and what are the what are the prospects like? What are the conditions of your life?
0: Um, I think it's um, a very rewarding career. Um, it's a sort of a, a dream job, you know, uh, because. Um, we have the opportunity to do uh the thing that we we really want to study right when i was a child i was I always said that i wanted to be a scientist and uh, here i am uh being um a scientist it's a great pleasure to do this
1: <laughs> yes and what about the you know um isn't life a bit precarious as you move between one contract and the next? Yes, it's precarious. Uh,
2: you um, have to, to work for more or less 10 years before to have a uh, stability in work. But uh, uh, if you have passion to do this work, you don't care about it. And uh, generally, who, who do such work are more stimulated by curiosity than by uh, the monetary gains or the um, precarious uh, situation.
1: Huh.
2: However, uh, pays is important to have the opportunity to travel, to, to attend conference, to meet other ideas and to exchange views with other scientists. So, uh, this is an uh, important thing. So.
0: so there are many rewards. Yeah. Uh, here in Portugal, we are struggling to have a, a more um Stable career because our, uh, main, uh, funding institution only, uh, offers, uh, six year, the, the, the largest contracts, it's six year, uh, right. link to it. So we are struggling to have more, um, permanent positions on research, uh, mm-hmm. without being professor at the university doing research. That's a, yes. a, a struggle that we are facing to,
1: today. Well, hopefully in time you will become professors. <laughs>
0: um,
1: let's pass to your work. What, are your, what is your research about? This is addressed to both of you, I guess. Um, I started, yes.
2: Um, sure. Um, I got my PhD from uh, uh, one year ago, and uh, I've been involved in the analysis of satellite images with machine learning and medical analysis statistics and um, uh, currently i'm in life works and i i'm studying the dynamics of invasive species with a particular reference to to altissima species uh-huh. and we are uh, using some mathematical models of diffusion and control by using a partial differential equation and uh, this is very important because if you can uh, uh, control uh, the growth of these invasive species, you can avoid to to lose the biodiversity that is an important task of uh, this project.
0: Mm. Yeah. So um, I've been working with ecosystem function in estuaries. Uh, that's what I, I've been doing for the last 10 years and how uh, this uh, ecosystem function is affected by uh, global changes, which include not only climatic changes, but also um, human-mediated biodiversity changes like the introduction of uh, non-native species, of invasive species. Um, My task within LifeWatch is to compile data uh, on uh, invasive species, uh, and to run one of the workflows of the Internal Joint Initiative called Biotope. And this workflow aims to um, highlighting where the incidence of invasive alien species is strongest and which areas or habitats are the most vulnerable to the negative impact of these uh, invasive il- alien species. So for
1: both of you, this work is, is very high-tech, very sophisticated stuff. <laughs> Um, do you find that your research is a success? Do you get real results? From my point of view, yes, uh, we develop a
2: workflow available uh, on the LifeWatch platform uh, that uh, is freely uh, available and everyone can use very easily it. And this tool concern, uh, uh, as I said before, uh, the control and the diffusion of invasive species. Mm -hmm. You can uh, put inside some kind of data of uh, uh, invasive species and you can watch uh, the behavior of uh, uh, these invasive species during the years. So uh, the results are very promising and these allow us to improve our work and uh, I take this opportunity also to thank my colleague of uh, uh, Barry in the Institute of Calculus in and Right,
1: cool,
0: Daniel. Yeah. So, in our case, uh, our uh, tool, our uh, uh, workflow, uh, will be soon used by um, on a European Commission report. Um, which will assess which are the biotopes most vulnerable to invasive species across the European seas. Mm. Uh, We are also creating a database with the impacts of each invasive species across the different habitats that will be publicly available and will support uh, researchers working on their own particular cases at any scale. Uh, An important task of our work is to create supporting literature, which could be um, tutorials, reports, and, of course, scientific papers. Uh, And that is an ongoing job as well.
1: Yeah, publications are part of the territory. Yeah, of course. Um, But so you're both contributing, in fact, to um, the ongoing development of the LifeWatch Eric virtual research environment.
0: In my case, uh, we are uh, compiling uh, real uh, data uh, to to inject on the workflows. So we are working with um, real cases of invasive species and their impacts on the field. Oh,
2: so we are, uh, we are test our, uh, our uh, task with uh, other kind of data for other uh, invasive spaces. And uh, we are uh, working also to improve because, because uh, this is important uh, when you have some different kind of data. So yes, uh, we are still uh, in work. I mean, uh, the research have not an end, so. No,
1: no. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, the, the VRE will continue to develop for quite a few years to come. And as we get more users involved, um, that'll become more and more complex but still user-friendly as i understand look i mean on that topic how can other early career researchers use these LifeWatch facilities in their work it's open to everybody right
2: i think that uh it's important to have a platform like life watch i mean uh, that every uh everybody uh that our scientists can uh, use in order to uh, download data or have some uh, uh, immediately using a uh, uh, workflow in order to uh, learn the, the, the flux of work or, or to improve the research that are under their analysis so, uh, it is very important to have uh, uh, this kind of tools mm. uh, offered by LifeWatch, and uh, you can enter and use it uh, in very easy way. How, how
1: does one get access, Daniel?
0: Yeah, so uh, anyone with a Google account, a Google email account, or the RSEED, uh, could use uh, the, um, our workflows. They are available for anyone who wants to test with their own data or with some dummy data that each uh, workflow has available to to test and to learn how to use them. There are also tutorials on each workflow that could help people going through each step. Um, Yeah, that's it. Okay. So it is
1: open science. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, finally... um can we truly talk about science in the service of citizens?
2: Yes, we can really talk about science in service of citizens because it's already happening and there are many services that uh, have improved our lives uh, through research. Uh, there is still uh, a long way to go, but uh, we can be confident. And the challenge of technology Uh, currently is uh, to find solution for citizens by using not a lot of data because uh, the uh, problem is the course of dimensionality. So to uh, build some service for citizens, you have to have a lot of data Mm. and there are some problems of storage. So the future challenge is to give the same service with uh, very low data
1: yes in simple terms that everybody can access yeah yes
0: daniel yeah that's the more technical point of view right uh, i'm a, a field biologist so i'm i have this perspective that um, science should be the most open pos- possibly uh, for everyone to be involved on the um, on the assessment, assessment of biodiversity, but also on the defense of this biodiversity, because the biodiversity is fundamental for our societies. Yes. So yeah, yeah, it's another side of the question and also involves the ethical side of the, the of the question. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's why we have to open science and make science reach the largest number of of persons uh, everywhere.
1: This is a really great. You know, with with the there are so many serious challenges besetting our world. Um, it's really great to feel this enthusiasm. The, the you know your confidence about the future. I too personally believe that human well-being in the twenty first century depends on science and therefore on bright professionals like you two. Danielle and Cristiano, thank you very much for this fascinating interview. Um, thanks also, as always, to my producer, Fabrizio Lecce, and to you, the audience, who are good enough to follow these podcasts. To engage with LifeWatch Eric's Biodiversity and Ecosystem research facilities, the tools, the datasets, visit our website on www.lifewatch.eu and recommend us to your workmates and your friends to help raise awareness of, yes, you know, the dangers facing biodiversity and ecosystems worldwide, but also the great work being achieved by European research infrastructures like LifeWatch to combat these dangers. So I look forward to our next encounter. In fact, to another year of your company here on a window on science. Thanks again.